Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's Wendy Sellers, the HR lady with JC and Phil. Don't threaten me with a good time, Ms. Wendy Sellers, the HR lady. Let me tell you, Phil is amazing. This show is fantastic so far. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for joining us. We're going to talk tech now, which is not everybody's favorite uh, topic, but I personally love it, even though sometimes tech systems drive me crazy. When I get these fancy reports, I'm like, oh, I didn't know it did this. But data in is data out, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, tech's been a big part of my uh, professional journey. Uh, I, you know, actually, Wendy, I was uh, born two months before Steve Jobs and 10 months before Bill Gates. And in the early 80s, I was ahead of those guys climbing the corporate ladder of a computer mainframe business. <laughs> I did not end, know that. By the end of the decade, those two disruptive young punks came out of their garages and uh, you know decimated our in business. And that's why I went to cable TV. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, take for a long time. Well, that's awesome. That is perfect uh, transition. Then, as you know, I want to you know remind our, our listeners, which are business owners, entrepreneurs, a lot of HR people, or people that are wearing uh, an HR hat amongst all these other hats, including in the finance and accounting space. When Phil, when you are helping your current customers who are all over the world, not just in Florida. What information, like what real-time labor data do you wish you had or are you striving to get so that you could help better affect change in the people space? Uh, well, you know, I, uh, with my tech background, my finance background, uh, I, I find a way to, to uh, get uh, timely, good information on uh, uh, hours and dollars and, uh, on the labor side of, of uh, businesses. Uh, very important to have that. Um, it's uh, the, the challenge, I think, is to then marry the, uh, the outputs against the inputs so that you can uh, see, really get a feel for uh, the uh, uh, what the, those uh, functions are driving, how they're performing, uh, and help decide, do we have the right people in the key seats? Right. And like we mentioned before, some of the metrics that you would be looking to get the resolution for, which will hopefully then be easier to get next time, is things like, okay, has employee retention changed? Did it go up? Did it go down? Do nothing. And then on top of that, do we have, uh, for lack of a better word, maybe like review ratings for all these employees? Because just because somebody is still there doesn't mean we want them to be there or that they should be there. Has productivity changed? That's not always easy to determine when you're not building widgets, when you're building services, though, how do you determine if productivity is better or not better? Right. Now, you really need to, to look at more than just financial data. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I learned uh, uh, a few years back in, the, in my experience as a CFO for our cable divisions, uh, particularly at Bright House Networks here in Florida, uh, was uh, the importance of marrying a financial statistic like uh, you know uh, uh, EBITDA growth uh, with uh, something like net promoter score. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
because you need to know that uh, you're growing the business in a, in a right way, in a sustainable way, uh, and being able to uh, uh, capture customer loyalty and employee loyalty as well uh, alongside your financial metrics is important because uh, the, the performance you have today, you want to have a good feeling that if it's good, it's sustainable because you're gen- you're doing the right things to uh, generate engaged loyal employees and, and uh, loyal customers as well. So the net promoter score, you can get that for your customers as well as, as your employees, correct? Yes, it was invented as a customer uh, loyalty statistic. Uh, but why not use it to, to uh, find out from your employees if they are likely to recommend uh, their friends to uh, come uh, uh, join them and in, in their employment at their current workplace? Uh, right. I, don't, I don't see a lot of comp- companies doing that, but why not? It's a great metric. There is a tech system that I use that is HR uh, technology, uh, can do payroll, recruiting, things like that. It's not integrated with finance in the way that you would prefer it would be, but it's easily integrated. But they have it, the net promoter score for their employees. And then I think it's like uh, quarterly, I want to say, once you set it up. And it's like literally like thumbs up, thumbs down. Like it's not this, you know, 400 page survey or even like a, you know, 20 question survey. I think it's like two or three questions of are, are you engaged? Are you going to recommend us? And that's yeah. it. And I'm like, that's just amazing. People it can do it on their smartphone and, you know, if, even if they're in a bad mood that day and they say, they say thumbs down, I want to know as HR, I want to know because now you're not going to recommend me to customers or to other future coworkers, which means something's going on and you're not engaged, which means you're probably not producing. Right. Yeah, the, uh, the founder of the NPS stat wrote a book called The Ultimate Question, you know, which is, you know, on a scale of zero to 10, how likely would you be to recommend us? But there's really an ultimate two questions because the second question is always why. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Okay, why? (laughs) And then you're like, okay, brace yourself here (laughs) because you're about to get an answer. (laughs) That's when you learn what makes a difference to your employees or your customers. You know, there's a reason they scored you high or low uh, and uh, asking them why gets that uh, main reason right out to the surface. So we talked a little bit about, you know, technology and i know this is your space but let's talk uh, even more detail about why is it better to have an integrated finance and hr system and what can our listeners you know who who are wearing the hr hat what should they be asking for or you know i I don't even know if if somebody came to them said we need an hris system they should say wait we need an integrated one what does that mean right well you know uh when you have multiple systems, you have a lot of reconciliation work between them, a lot of wasted effort. Uh, the enterprise resource systems, e- ERPs, uh, you know, try to marry all the stats together so you save yourself a lot of reconciliation. And you know you are are uh, uh, coming off the same data source. Uh, but I got to say this about systems is that uh, it's one leg of a three-legged stool, the other two uh, being process and people. And by far and away, the most important is the people. I always tell this story about my first three uh, jobs as CFOs in the cable TV business. Uh, uh, Cable TV in the 90s and the 2000s built itself up by doing a lot of uh, acquisitions and then uh, hiring people like me to help put them together into uh, cohesive operating units. 
And the first time I did that in Ohio in the early 90s, I came out of the computer business where we were blessed to have armies of programmers designing the systems of our dreams. And I was so uh, uh, unenthralled by uh, the uh, software they were using. So I asked, why would you stick with this? And they explained to me that in the cable business, you have two main operating system alternatives, A and B. And uh, they were using A. And if you, they told me, if you think A is bad, wait till you see B. <laughs> Five not at all later, encouraging. <laughs> five years later, uh, I, I had an opportunity to create a new operating unit in South Carolina where the company had done five acquisitions, and the largest were using B, so they were all uh, consolidating on system B. And they were saying, why don't we move to A? We think it's here, it's better. And I said, no, I've seen it. You know, it's not worth all the uh, conversion effort. So uh, what happened uh, then uh, in 2000, after five years in South Carolina, I got an opportunity to be the CFO for Time Warner Cable in Tampa, which had a reputation of being the best operating unit in the company out of 40 divisions. Uh, and I, when I got down there, I was surprised to see they were using B. And not only that, they were loving it. They were doing things with it that no one in the country was doing. Uh, they had uh, the uh, uh, vendor doing extra special things to, to meet their needs. And they were flying people all around the country, the, the supplier, software supplier, to come see how well it was working in Tampa, Florida. And the single difference was the people. They had people with the mindset, with the willpower to figure out that I don't care if it's A or B, we're going to make it work the best we can. You know, they say we only use... 10% of our brains, many businesses only use 5% of their software. And uh, th- having the right people gets you to using 80 90%, and uh, you'll have the technology working for you if you have the right people really investing themselves, really engaging in it to uh, make it successful for the business. Important awesome. Lesson. Thank you for sharing that. Thanks for listening, everyone, to Episode 3. We are going to be back shortly to continue our conversation on the CHRO and CFO working together, and not just by shoving them in the room together, but using that technology and maybe sharing some stories to make it a win-win. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast, brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.